Thanks for tuning in to LGR Reviews on the Let's Get Ready Network, the place for coverage of all the things you love. On this feed, we cover movies, TV, video games, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR underscore network. And please leave a rating and a review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. everyone and welcome to another edition of LGRN Reviews here on the Let's Get Ready Network. I'm Adelia. I'm here with my my girls Brandy and Star and we are going to review the Barbie movie. Uh, girls, how are we doing tonight? Pretty good. How are you doing? Doing good. Uh, excited to talk about this with somebody that I think actually enjoyed the movie. We, I think we all enjoyed the movie, correct? Yeah. I went I saw this with my with my sister, and I don't think she did very much. So uh, nice to talk about it with somebody that that actually is willing to talk about it. Um, let's go around and do initial thoughts. Uh, Star, let's start with you. What were your initial thoughts on the Barbie movie? My initial thoughts. I really liked it. I I cried during the movie, um, especially like during that part where like uh, that one scene where. It was like doing like flashbacks and stuff or whatever, like the moms and like their daughters and stuff like that. Um, for me, that really hit home. But also at the same time, like what I thought about the movie was it, it's something that everyone should see, um, men included. I think it's a movie that needs to be seen by everyone um, so that people understand like the shit that we go through. All right, Brandy, what about your initial thoughts? Um, going into the movie, I didn't know what it was going to be. And we all played with Barbies growing up. So we figured, oh, it's going to be some cheesy Barbie movie. And, and you're watching it, and then it's like, oh, it really gets deep. And it, yeah, it just hit home a lot with a lot of the things they touched on. And then they had the character in there of Ruth who was the lady that created Barbie and some of the stuff that she said and her stuff to Barbie, it, like it really resonated and stuff. So, and then the, the America Ferrera, her, her monologue that she had. Um, yeah. Just everybody needs to hear that. Everybody needs to hear that. It tells you how we feel because Barbie thought, you know, she was just Barbie. Like there was nothing special about her. She didn't, you know, win a medal she wasn't president she was just barbie and you know we need to realize that we're enough just who we are we're enough so it's just it hit hit hard yeah that monologue especially really got to me um mm -hmm. it's my favorite part of the movie and uh, mm -hmm. we'll get more into the monologue in a little bit um i love this movie uh i hadn't seen a trailer i hadn't seen a commercial i didn't know what to expect and uh, it really, it packs a punch, this movie. It goes deep. And um, the, it's really bothering me that people are saying this movie is anti-men because I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's very anti-patriarchy, which mm -hmm. is something that I fully believe in. 
I hate patriarchy, but um, I don't think this movie's anti-men. And I think it shows at the end that it's very not anti-men because why would she care about Ken if she hated men? Like it's a whole thing, but um, let's uh, start with the, uh, the opening scene. We get Helen Mirren's voiceover as the narrator, which I thought was perfect. Um, And the scene about baby dolls and how dolls just were there to exist for little girls to play mommy Mm -hmm. until Barbie came along. I thought this was an interesting scene. Um, What did you guys think of it? Let's start with you this time, Brandy. Um, I thought it was perfect because it it was like back well when we grew up that barbie was already here but yeah back when our parents were younger um they didn't have that they had just to play mommy and that's all the image that you had is you're gonna grow up to be a mom so like here's a baby doll so you could you know be mommy and there there's much more to us there's much more to the just being a mother you know and it and it was cool. I, I liked it. And then the girls, I just the scene though with them just when they <laughs> discovered Barbie and they just started smashing their baby dolls. <laughs> 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 I thought it was cute. And I was like, how fun for them little girls to be like, we get to smash things in the scene? Hell yeah! <laughs> I thought it was cute. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, what about you? Um, kind of just to reiterate what Brownie was already saying, I really enjoy how it depicted what the thought mentality basically was back then, where women were only there for to serve others, to have children and to be a mom and be nothing more. Nothing else was expected of them. And it really shows that because it starts when you're young. You know, you're shown how to basically be a mom because you had the baby dolls. You didn't have anything else. You weren't shown anything different. And so you kind of got this expectation that that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're meant to be, who you're meant to be when you grow up. And so when Barbie came along, it really showed that you can be so much more than that. And I think that what really skyrocketed these for these girls to get into that kind of just be like oh i can be more than just a mom like there's mm-hmm. more to me like it really opened up the eyes of these girls and i think that was really important for women even now that we wouldn't be where we are if it weren't for barbie yeah i can't add anything to more to what you guys are saying because i agree with everything that you've just said there um mm-hmm. i will say that when barbie shows up and they start showing all the different barbies and different things that barbie could be I was sitting there going with my with my sister going, okay, we had that one and we had that one. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> that one. Um, I did too. Yeah, we had um so many Barbies that we literally had a wall that my dad took elastic and stapled uh like loops on to hang the Barbies in. So we just had a wall of Barbies in my house when I was a kid. Oh it, was, it was the the toy oh, yeah. that we and my sister had, like we had it's, all of them too. We had, <laughs> we had all, me and my me and my sisters had them all too, and I was laughing because um, Kate McKinnon's character, uh, my my yeah. older sister did do my older sister did do that to a doll and cut her hair it was really short and it was like you're yep. you can't grow that hair back back in the eighties no we didn't have that extensions <laughs> yeah. So, yeah so my sister did do that to one of the dolls and then so we had a weird doll <laughs> but it was our yeah, Barbie and we loved it. 
we played with it still. Like the hair. <laughs> yeah, marker all over their face. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, draw, like makeup. Yep. <laughs> oh, we totally did that. Yeah. So we find out that the, so we find out that the Barbies all live in Barbie Land, which is like a a separate world to where the real world is. And that's the two distinctions: is we have Barbie Land and the real world. And um, it's a matriarchal society. Barbies run everything there. There's bar- a female president and all female Supreme Court, and Kens are there primarily to do just other things like. Brian Gosling's version of Ken is there to do beach. He's not a lifeguard. <laughs> he doesn't surf. He doesn't swim. He's just there to do beach, which beach. I thought was really funny. <laughs> beach off. And beach off. The the I'm gonna beat you off. No, I'm gonna beat you off. That was hysterical. I died laughing. I died what laughing at that. What did you guys think of the introduction into Barbie Land and into where the Kens sort of fit into that society? Star, we'll start with you. I think I think it just portrays like the kind of world that women want, uh, where we feel safe to be who we are and kind of just be able to exist. And so when they show the real world where it's not like that, that we're always like, super self-conscious and other things that kind of take away from feeling safe and comfortable in your own skin and who you are. I think it's important that it showed the two like that in comparison, because I think a lot of times people don't understand that the things that we go through or what we even think or feel on the inside on a daily basis. And so for the Kens who just kind of just be there um, and Kind of, I guess, I guess a support in a sense. Uh, I really like Alan. We, we love <laughs> Alan. We stand Alan. <laughs> love Alan. <laughs> we need more Alans in the world. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Brandy, what about you? Um, I love the I love the bar because it it kind of made us relive how we saw Barbie, like a Barbie was carefree and we had fun and they just like go about their land and when you see it all together and it's like okay they do this they get up in the morning they change their outfit like we changed the barbie's outfits like we they were just carefree and like okay we're cool and ken's you know we had our ken's and they were cool too in some ways but we loved our barbies because our barbies were our world that's who we kind of related to not I mean, the guys kind of relate to some of the Kens, but we, as females, always resonated with the Barbies. Um, and I just loved the music. The I just have to say, the music in there that fit, even with the Kens music taking over the when they took over, I died laughing. I was like, no, they did not just play Matchbox Twenty, <laughs> which <laughs> like, oh my god, I was like, um, yeah, so. I loved it. And yeah, Stan Allen, all the, all these Barbies, all these, all the Barbies we had, all the representation of all the Barbies that we had. We had the, the, the um, the skipper, which I died laughing because I remember that skipper. <laughs> he lifted her arms and their boobs. <laughs> boobs grew. I remember that. And even Midge, I remember Midge and 
there are some people I've heard comments like, oh, they made fun of the pregnant lady. I said, no, you don't understand. Midge was a discontinued Barbie. So that's why she was, because they had her for a while and she was discontinued. So they're not making fun of her. They're showing like, oh, there's Midge. She was around for a while, but she's just like kind of stands in the background. That's how it was. It wasn't because, oh, she's pregnant. We're just going to not, like, she's not an important character. No, she was a discontinued Barbie, and those guys don't understand that. We get yeah. that because we know we, we were around it. Alan, I remember the Alan doll. <laughs> the one Alan doll. I remember it. Oh, my God. That just, a lot of it brought up a lot of memories, and it was just like a fun land. And that's how, when we play with our Barbies, we had fun, right? Like, we were having fun. I just like I just thought Barbie Land was fun, and it showed all the different Barbies that we had a thrill. Yeah, um, it's sort of portrayed as like a utopia mm-hmm. uh, when we first saw Barbie Land. Um, <laughs> I really loved seeing all the different Barbies, and we had like Issa Rae as President Barbie, mm-hmm. and um, so many different people. John Cena pops up as a merman in there yeah. cracked me up <laughs> killed me and wasn't that Dua Lupa du- uh, the, as the Dua other Lupa. mermaid Dua, Dua Lupa's in there as well sorry I, I messed her name up <laughs> it's okay um, but we, we see the supreme court we, we see women running things and the thing that they establish in this scene is the Barbies think this is how the real world is Yeah, they mm-hmm. think that, that they have empowered the women in the real world to be in this situation where it's exactly like this and then we have the dance party scene where ryan gosling's ken is is trying to get close to our stereotypical barbie margot robbie's barbie mm-hmm. um and the the interactions between ryan gosling's ken and simu liu's ken were hysterical to me mm-hmm. like the rivalry yeah so funny and um, I was like, during- you don't you don't realize it, but some people may not. Chris Evans' brother Scott is in, <laughs> so we have an Evans in the movie. He was the one that was in that dance scene. He picked Barbie up and spun her around. That's Chris Evans' brother. Oh, yeah, Scott. I didn't even know that. Um- yeah. <laughs> that one. <laughs> that's Chris Evans' brother Scott. So throwing that out there. Go ahead. Sorry, Adelia, I cut you off. I'm, I apologize. No, it's fine. <laughs> but during that dance party, Barbie suddenly has thoughts about death and mm-hmm. expresses that and it's like the whole thing grinds to a halt and she tries to save it but the next day everything is off for barbie mm-hmm. um her and then um she gets to the, the beach the next day and her feet are flat the song even changed in the the song changed yeah the song changed and the her morning song that when she woke up was whole different like thoughts of death like, she's like no 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 <laughs> no yeah so she she has flat feet and cellulite mm-hmm. and that was the thing that was another thing i didn't mention that cracked me up about the initial barbie montage that we had of her morning routine was her mm-hmm. having the 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 high heeled feet <laughs> that um, didn't flat down fall down it just stayed it didn't fall down yeah <laughs> So when uh, she is at the beach and suddenly she's had these thoughts of death, she's got flat feet, she's got cellulite, the other Barbies tell her to go seek out weird Barbie. What was you guys' reaction to, to this development? Star, we'll start you, with you. When you say development, like, what do you mean? Like, 
after she realizes like she's different. Yeah. Um, okay, so what I thought, I mean, I guess I were trying to kind of just show that like not everyone's perfect. And mm-hmm. so when stereotypical Barbie is like, what's going on with me? And like to go see Weird Barbie. And I was so excited to see Weird Barbie because we all had one. I thought the whole leg stretching thing and having them like do the split. <laughs> <laughs> was so funny. <laughs> So funny. I would do that to my Barbies all the time and like just throw them around and, <laughs> and stuff like that. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, no, like because these are like internal things that we like we see ourselves as um as problems, not the flat feet part, but like the cellulite or like other things that we see on our bodies that people don't other that won't pick up on besides ourselves and we like self-criticize a lot over these little things that other people don't even care about or that shouldn't be cared about to begin with. And so to see Barbie like stressing out about it kind of just like resonated to like with me. Cause I'm just like, when I first started seeing cellulite or like other imperfections on me and I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't look right. This is, this is weird. Um, and so like for her to go see weird Barbie because of her weird stuff going on and try to get her to fix uh, what was wrong with her, even though, there's nothing wrong with her to begin with, really. Um, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> like yeah. the voiceover said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, later on the voiceover. Perfect voiceover. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe Margot Robbie wasn't the best choice for this part. <laughs> like that. <one. laughs> yeah. That was fun. Brandy, what did you think about this uh, development situation at the beach and going to see Weird Barbie? Oh, when f- the flat feet thing, I just went, ha, that's me. <laughs> flat feet, silent. <laughs> Barbie's turning into me now. <laughs> and then her having to go see weird Barbie about it, because, you know, things were going weird, so she's the weird one now. And um, the the choice thing, you could choose this flat shoe, or you could choose the high heel. I choose the high heel. No, you want to choose the flat shoe. <laughs> you have to choose the flat shoe. That was, like, perfect. And um, fucking the poop and dog. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> the pooping so dog. Great. If you have not seen the pooping dog or you you had I had one. <laughs> we had one. Like, what the hell? <laughs> oh yes, there was a pooping dog in the Barbie world. <laughs> uh, but I loved it. Kate McKinnon was perfect for that role. I just she's just she just makes it her. She makes weird Barbie. I love Weird Barbie. <laughs> I want to be Weird, weird Barbie. <laughs> I want to be able to yeah. split. You know, she's like, "Wait, gonna hide." She goes to wall and her legs up. <laughs> <laughs> that was just so perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Weird Barbie uh, tells her that in order to cure the flat feet and the cellulite and the thoughts of death, she has to travel into the real world and find the child who is playing with the doll associated with her and fix this basically. Mm -hmm. And so uh, she finally agrees to go and she gets in her car. And I love that. It's like, you have to go from the car (laughs) to the boat, to the the plane, to the rocket ship, to all these things. I don't think I said that. To the campsite. No, to the campsite. (laughs) And then you finally have to rollerblade. And so then she's getting to the goodbye part with all the rest of the Barbies and 
Simu Liu's Ken challenges Ryan Gosling's Ken to go with her. So he stows away in her convertible, and I loved how the convertible looked. I, we had <laughs> the convertible. I, I did too. <laughs> and, um, and so on her way to the real world, Ken reveals that he's stowed away in the car and talks Barbie into letting him go with her to the real world. And I remember th- seeing this going like, how many times did we have adventures where, you, you know, you reluctantly brought the Ken doll along when you were playing with him when you were younger? Stuff like that. I thought it was perfect, this scene. I um, liked when he, uh, when he discovered her in the car flip. To the, the car, the car flip. flip. Yeah, the car flip. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get to Venice Beach and cause <laughs> antics. Um, the outfits that they wear with their rollerblading through Venice Beach are perfect. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw some very funny cosplay of people like Gritty, the Philadelphia Flyers mascot, dressed up as Ken in that rollerblading outfit and stuff. Just hysterical <laughs> stuff with them dressing up like that. Um, and I love that the first thing they saw that when they were there is like, oh, let's go to the construction site. That's the perfect place. <laughs> yeah. To find some women that can help us uh-huh. find my the owner of of the corresponding doll to Barbie, and it's definitely not some women at the construction I said, place. I said, "Oh no!" <laughs> this is yeah. my first initial thought when they were going. I was like, "Oh no, honey, no, no, no." <laughs> yeah, uh, Star. What did you think of this scene? I I got a little bit anxious because <laughs> there mm-hmm. was a time like when I first moved to Tucson, like I was. 18 years old and I was living by myself and I had like left to go like to the Circle K to get some stocks or whatever and a whole bunch of construction workers there um and they obviously were like whistling at me and hollering at me and things like that I think at some point they probably like recorded me or whatever that made me feel really weird Mm -hmm. um so when I saw that in the movie that she willingly went up to them I was like no honey no (laughs) no I got I got anxious for her Mm-hmm. And so just seeing that, like, it's just, it, you would think that um, you wouldn't, you shouldn't be scared, you know, having these, or, like, getting anxious over, over this, but that's the reality of things, how it is in the real, real world, not in Barbie land. Um, so that's how I felt. I felt scared for her. Yeah, I did too. Uh, my anxiety <laughs> creeped up, like, real high, real oh, fast. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, but I loved when she told them that they we don't have any gen- genitalia, basically. So it's like, oh, yeah. Ken's like, Ken's like, wait, I do. <laughs> yeah, Ken totally realized he had to impress these guys somehow. Mm-hmm. After that, and uh, then uh, Barbie sits down on a bench and is trying to figure out what to do. And Ken goes wandering off to Century City. I've seen so many tweets about Century City after this. No, first she start- got slapped and she got slapped in the ass and they got arrested. Oh yeah, she got slapped <laughs> in the ass and they got arrested. Then they stole the clothes and got arrested. arrested. <laughs> then uh then they go off uh she's trying to figure out what to do and, and Bart and Ken goes off to Century City, where he starts to realize that men are in positions of power around here. Mm-hmm. And uh he goes running back to tell Barbie this. While Barbie is sitting there, she has the wonderful interaction with the, the old lady that sits down on the bench next to her. 
mm-hmm. and tells her that she's beautiful and fully answers back, I know. I know. That was perfect. <laughs> that, that was so great. I love it. I loved it. And um, then she like closes her eyes and she figures out, sees this beautiful montage of memories like you were talking about, Star, of a mother and a daughter playing with a doll. And she assumes that it's the daughter she has to go and find. Mm-hmm. And she figures out that the daughter is at this middle school. So they track down the middle school. And uh, Sasha, the, the, the tween, the teenager, I don't know how old she is, uh, mm-hmm. does not take too kindly to this woman strolling up and just proclaiming that she's Barbie, like the dolls that Sasha used to play with. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think about this scene? Uh, Brandy, we'll start with you. I felt bad because I already knew it was going to be like, we don't play with Barbies anymore. Like, who are you? Like, and then when she's like, let her have it. But one girl was like, I liked Barbie. And she's like, no, you didn't. But she's like, I, no, I don't like, I didn't like it. You know? And then just eviscerating her and then her realizing, but Barbie thought she was doing good. Like she thought she was empowering and all that. And then for this little girl to go off and just rip her apart. And she was like, that's, that's not what I represent at all. And, she went and started crying and that's when she felt the real tears and she's like what is this like I'm crying like what is this feeling and I just felt bad for Barbie at that moment because she didn't she thought the world was different because they grew up in Barbie land she thought that the world was like Barbie land and it wasn't and she just got smacked in the face with that reality what some of these kids think that Barbie represents and it wasn't how she felt at all and I just felt bad for her it was very sad I didn't I didn't like that part yeah Star what about you uh same with Brandy I also felt really bad for Barbie um mainly because Barbie like all the things she represents she thought that she had that impact on the girls in the real world when it wasn't like that and and then these girls just being mean to her. Like, girls are mean. And mm-hmm. so for Barbie to get treated like that, like, I felt really bad for her. Yeah. This was um, hard to watch from Barbie's perspective. But also, Sasha spoke a lot of truth about mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. Barbie, the, the shape of the doll and things, has put a stereotypical uh, beauty standard on women that is just completely unattainable. Mm-hmm. And I thought that there was a lot of truth spoken in that scene, even though it was hard for Barbie to hear mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is where the Mattel Corporation <laughs> makes its entrance yeah. into this. Um, we get a phone call to some guy in a cubicle um, from the FBI saying, There's a Barbie on the loose in Venice Beach. And uh, then we get the boardroom and we go past America Ferrera's character, Gloria, who is like trying to keep the, the guy from the cubicle from going in because they're in the middle of a, an important meeting. Mm-hmm. But you see that she's drawing these mm-hmm. wonderful drawings of Barbie, but like not a stereotypical Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have the, the, the guy getting into the, the boardroom and it's all men. And as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, that's perfect. Because mm-hmm. these corporations are almost all run, usually, mostly by men. Mm-hmm. 
and even the corporations in control of the things meant for empowering little girls and and young women it's all run by men and the fact that they freaked out over the fact that there was a real barbie in the real world just i thought some of this was very funny especially like the just tell me in a whisper <laughs> it was like a game of tele- <laughs> like a game of telephone <laughs> yeah like a game of telephone i don't know quite if i was the ceo of mattel right now like i know that's not the same character yeah. as will ferrell was portraying but i don't know if i quite would have enjoyed that portrayal of a ceo of mattel being this yeah. strange what did you guys think of this scene it was so, a bit campy <laughs> yeah that was funny. Um, but I also kind of going back with what Adil was saying with the drawings and stuff, I think at that point is when I realized that it wasn't the daughter that she's looking mm-hmm. for, it was the mom. Yeah, I realized that too. <laughs> yeah. And um, for the guy to kind of interrupt them um, and like do the whole whisper thing, I thought it was funny. He's like, why don't you just go around and just tell him yourself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was campy and cheesy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I honestly thought when he was saying, "Oh, I just whispered," to you, I thought he was going to go and whisper to him, but no. The way yeah, no. And then in the last two, like they both whisper in his ear at the same time. It's like you're both telling them the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I was, I thought it was funny because he told the one person, and then the other side started whispering things too, and I'm like, how did they even know what was said? Like, like I said, yeah. campy and cheesy, but I laughed and. Will Ferrell makes me laugh anytime. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's decided by the, the board there of Mattel that they're going to go apprehend Barbie and put her back in a box. And uh, at this point they don't do they know about Ken? I don't remember if they know about no, Ken. No, they don't. Point. They don't know about Ken. No, they didn't yeah. know about Ken. Okay. So uh, they pull up Barbie is sitting at the school uh, crying and to SUVs pull up and these uh, men in suits and sunglasses get out and ask Barbie to get in the car. And mm-hmm. as soon as she hears they're from Mattel, she thinks, oh, this is where I should go. They will help me. So she goes with them at the same time that uh, Gloria is picking up Sasha from school. And Sasha says, that woman's clearly deranged. She thinks she's Barbie. And it, like affects Gloria immediately. And that's when I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting to see how they help her now. Because you could tell immediately Gloria wanted to help Barbie. Because she heard them say that Barbie was in the real world. She was at the door at the meeting. We got to reiterate that. She was at the door at the meeting and heard them say that Barbie was in the real world. So she knew Barbie was in the real real world at that point. Sorry, yeah. that was a tongue twister for a second. <laughs> so many, so there are so many characters named Barbie and so many characters named Ken that mm-hmm. there's going to be tongue twists. <laughs> yeah. for sure. And at that point, too, Ken was at the school also, but he was like looking and searching in the library for books of horses. Books <laughs> on horses. <laughs> and he finds books on men ruling the world. The world. And then the lady asked him for the time, and he was like, "You're talking to me, <laughs> like you have respect wow. for me, yeah, important, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah." So that's when and that came about with Ken. <laughs> yeah, that's when that came about with Ken. So uh, Gloria 
and Sasha leave. They follow the SUVs back to the Mattel headquarters. But Ken takes the books that he got in the library and goes back to Barbie land mm-hmm. on his own. And this is when I was like, oh, that's interesting. He's taking the books and going back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's going to happen here? Mm-hmm. Um, Barbie, they ask Barbie to get in the box. She's perfectly fine with it until suddenly she's not. And she mm-hmm. asks if she can use uh, the bathroom. And they say, oh, of course, go right on ahead. And then she runs for it. And while she's running for it through this building, she goes through a door and she's suddenly in like a kitchen. Mm-hmm. Where there's an old lady sitting at the table. And I did not know what this was at first. <laughs> like, what is this? I was very confused. I was confused too at first. Yeah, what were you guys' thoughts on this scene where Barbie meets Ruth, who helps Barbie get out of the building, basically? Uh, I, I was confused too, but until she said that her name was Ruth, I was like, oh, I know exactly who this is. Mm-hmm. Um, the creator of Barbie. And... I was like, oh, I was like, oh my God, she met her and she doesn't even realize like who this is. Mm-hmm. And so like just already seeing her in there. Um, because we know later on, like she kind of like tells her that like Barbie was because uh, she named Barbie after her daughter, Barbara. Um, and so like kind of just her being very motherly, I guess, towards Barbie mm-hmm. when, like, she enters the kitchen, kind of, like, giving her tea and kind of just watching her, like, you know, uh, it was very sweet. It was a very sweet moment, and it was, like, oh, And then, like, you know, of course, she helps her, because why wouldn't she? Brandy, what did you think? Yeah, I was confused at the thing at the kitchen too. When she walked in and it was like far away and I was like, oh, that's a stage that's really far. Like, what is that? And seeing uh, Ruth at the table, you didn't really know at first. And then when we figured out, um, of course, I knew who it was too. And I whispered to my friend who I went to the movies with. And I was like, "That that's who created Barbie. And she's like, oh, so seeing that scene, like Star said, kind of like motherly toward her and just helping her and like, you go through this and you can get out and helping her escape, you know, these men that run this business. (laughs) So I thought it was very sweet. I like, I like Rhea (laughs) Perlman. I love her. Yeah, Rhea Perlman was great as Ruth. Love her. Um, her. So Barbie escapes the building and she doesn't know where to go. And that's when Gloria has pulled up with Sasha and she yells for Barbie to get in. And I love that she just dove into the car. (laughs) And then we go to chase scene, basically, which I was not (laughs) expecting a car chase scene in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This was great. Um, So there's a car chase all throughout uh, Century City or wherever they were at that point. Studio Um, City. I think it was Studio City. Probably, and uh, that's when Barbie's like, we have to get back to Venice Beach. We have to go to Barbie Land. And so they go to Venice Beach. And well, in, well, in the car, she she figures out that uh, it's Gloria that had the visions oh, yeah, of her. They, they figure out that it's Gloria that is the one that's been playing with the doll version oh, of Barbie. And having and the thoughts. Having the thoughts of death and anxiety and mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. Um. And so uh, they go to Barbie Land, and the Mattel board follows them. 
some funny scenes of all these guys in suits rollerblading in Venice Beach. <laughs> <laughs> um, when they get back to no. Barbie Land, though, it's not the Barbie Land that Barbie had left. Uh, Ken has come back and persuaded the other Kens into taking over and basically subjugated the Barbies into submissive roles. And created when- Kendom. Created Kendom, yeah. When you saw what uh, Barbie Land had become, what did you think, Brandy? <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> that was my first thought. And then seeing Ryan Gosling in that furry coat <laughs> that had been on, I was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> I was like, I loved it, though. I was like, that's a choice. That's a choice you made. <laughs> you put him in that pimp coat. <laughs> so I'm calling it the pimp coat. Um, yeah, it was very... I'm like, oh, no. And then all the girls were like, oh, yeah. I'm not going to be submissive to my Ken and do anything he wants. Give him foot rubs. and ugh, you and want another beer? beer. And you want serving him beer. Beef. Yeah, yeah. And making it his... It's now Ken's Saloon, not Barbie's Dream House. It's Ken's Saloon. It's the horse of the Mojo Dojo Casa The Mojo Dojo. But he had the he had the horse right on the the saloon doors with the horse on it. I was like, oh my god! Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> even even the Barbie, even the um the the stone is supposed to be. It's all horses now. They put it up as horses when they were going. Barbie saw that. I think it was. Yeah, the Mount not, Rushmore. Yeah, the Mount Rushmore. Thank you. I could not think of the name of it. And I was like, the stone <laughs> thing. <laughs> With all the horse heads. Yeah, I just... It was funny. I I was like, how is this going to turn out? <laughs> not yeah. very good. But so the little girl... The, the little girl did not want to be there. She did no. not want to be there for... She wanted to go back. But Gloria convinced her, we need to help Barbie. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, Star, what do you think? I felt bad for Barbie because it felt like she, she, like it was like her, it's her dream, kind of her dream house or whatever, you mm-hmm. know. Barbie's like basically, if you think about it, it's Barbie's dream. And so, like the fact that Ken like took over, and he's like, no, it is, we rule now, and kind of just taking over everything that Barbie created, um, and stuff. I felt, I felt bad for her, but I also kind of felt mad for her too. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the fact that like the things that we have always gets always uh, or sorry I'm like tongue tied here too um, <laughs> that we have or do always get run over or taken over by men or in this case by mm-hmm. Ken and so just to see that play out and I, again it's, it was funny seeing all the horses everywhere it's like what's with this fascination of horses I thought that was really <laughs> funny yeah that was funny um so ken basically tells barbie that her dream house is his place now and barbie gets really depressed and that's when uh sasha convinces gloria to leave so they're gonna go back to the real world and um barbie gets taken to weird barbie um on gloria and sasha's way out uh back to the real world uh, Gloria starts and is singing along to the Barbie song on the radio, which Sasha starts singing along to a little bit too. 
and then it turns into Ken's radio station and the Matchbox 20 starts playing. <laughs> and I cracked up. And then Alan pops up from the backseat. <laughs> and we have the car flip again. This time they all <laughs> land out of the car. And um, Alan explains to them that he's trying to get out of Barbie Land because he doesn't want to be in this male-dominated mm-hmm. Ken-dom. Mm-hmm. And um, he tells them that the construction workers that they're near are building a wall so that no one can ever get in or out of Kendom again and change things. But they're building it up instead of sideways. Yeah, they're building it up instead of sideways. (laughs) And so uh, Sasha and Gloria decide they have to stay and help the Barbies fix this. Mm -hmm. So they go back and they go to Weird Barbie's house and Weird Barbie, there's a bunch of different Barbies there, including Alexander Ship as like the Nobel Prize winning Barbie, but she doesn't remember that she's won the Nobel Prize. Mm-hmm. And um, they let Sasha and Gloria in, and Gloria has a phenomenal monologue to our stereotypical Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my favorite part of the movie because this is just truth. It's mm-hmm. just 100% truth from the perspective of a woman that I think everybody needs to hear. What did you guys think of this, uh, Brandy? Start with you. That was my favorite part of the scene. That that monologue and that just her hearing a lot of it is just hit hard because it's a lot of truth about us. Us women. A lot of it. And it definitely definitely hit me hard i as soon as i came home and and i was in the the i was in the discord with justin and i had to explain some of the stuff and i ideally had come in at that point i was reading the monologue to justin and i was like no you don't understand this is a lot of shit that we go through and she is just like outright letting you know like this this thing like <laughs> And yeah, it just it really really resonated and hit home for me. Yeah. Star, what about you? Same. It really hit hard for me too. And it also that's where I started like kind of tearing up a little bit. I didn't pull out and cry mm-hmm. to like later on the move and so I started to cry a little bit, like get very like my ashes getting very watery because this is something that I, all of us as women, you know, as a unit that we feel constantly like mm-hmm. we're not doing this and we're doing that and we're supposed to be doing this but not that not too much of this but not too much of that and so on and so forth and we can be pretty but not out. too pretty you know like be yeah, pretty not too yeah, pretty can, not make not other females jealous you know not not you know just basically have a mind but don't have a mind you know like be yeah. smart but don't show them you're smart like kind of <sighs> Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So, so I'm gonna read. I'm I'm gonna read the monologue because I have the monologue because I think it's important that everybody hears it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gloria says it is literally impossible to be a woman. You are so beautiful and so smart, and it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. Like we always, we have to always be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin. And you can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but you also have to be thin. 
you can't have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but also always be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane, but if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be part of the sisterhood, but always stand out and always be grateful, but never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. You never have, you have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard. It's too contradictory and nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. And if all of that is also true for a doll just representing women, then I don't even know. I wanted to stand up and applaud, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Me too. Like, that is so perfect. And... As soon as she said, it's literally impossible to be a woman, I was like, where is she going with this? Because this could be really good. And then mm -hmm. it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think that there is a woman out there that hasn't felt some, if not all, of that monologue. I know I have, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's so much societal pressure. And I think it plays also into... What Sasha was saying uh, when she was telling Barbie, like, the Barbie has put societal pressure on women, too. Mm -hmm. So it's like a circle that I thought was really well shown between Barbie and Gloria and Sasha and all three of both the speeches that Sasha and Gloria gave. Um, just it's my favorite part of the movie, that scene, just because it's pure and utter truth. Mm -hmm. Now there's all different Barbies and it showed it in that there's all different sizes now and all different shapes and colors and nationalities and everything there's everything that everything's inclusive mm -hmm. but what this monologue that gloria gives also does is it snaps mm -hmm. alexander ships barbie out of the trance that ken had her in mm -hmm. and that's when they realize they just need to be reminded of who they are Mm -hmm. And they can retake Barbie land from the Kens. And so Sasha and Gloria and weird Barbie and Alan and the other discontinued dolls that are hanging out at weird Barbie's house, like sugar, sugar, daddy. sugar daddy, Ken. <laughs> and the one earring, really Ken. <laughs> one earring, Ken. I had um, the one earring, Ken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they, come up with a plan and they go around and they free the other Barbies from the like spell of patriarchy for lack of a better way to put it, that Ken has spread across Barbie land. I loved this so much. Mm -hmm. Me too. Star, what did you think about it? I loved it a lot. I also thought it was really funny when they had their plan and they're going to, you know, distract the guy by like talking about something that, I don't know, like the Godfather, whatever. Like, oh yeah, that was it. <laughs> it'll get them to explain it to you. Yeah, I'll distract him enough. You take the Barbie away. 
Um, but I also thought it was funny when, when they were like, Alan, go around. He's all like climbing over the chairs and stuff like that. No, I thought this was great because it's also something that like everyone's going to be running out of, you know, like who you are and that's what matters. Like all these other things that or all the other pressure that society puts on you, like it doesn't matter. Like you're still you and you is what matters. Yeah. Brandy, what do you think? Yeah, just what Star said, you is what matters. I did laugh at Alan, but he kind of love Alan. <laughs> Alan, go around! He's trying to jump the fence. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Come on! <laughs> I thought it, I thought it was cute. I, I, I love that they, dist- the distracting of the Kens, because they were like, we can easily distract him. Let's talk about something that they want to talk about and keep them talking when we get the other person out of the way, which, you know, sometimes can happen. <laughs> Yeah. The distractions. <laughs> and then once all the Barbies have been liberated, they realize that the Kens have a vote scheduled to overturn the Constitution mm-hmm. the next day. So their plan is to set all the Kens against each other. Which I thought this was clever too. Because <laughs> it like they just played on the Kens' jealousy, which we'd already seen at the very first beginning between Simu Liu's Ken and Ryan Gosling's Ken. So you knew it was there. It wasn't like something that came out of nowhere. And I thought this was great. The the guitar scene where mm-hmm. Barbie's gone and Ken decides to play her the Matchbox 20 song. It's like <laughs> the one song for, for the Kens. That's the only Ken song you ever hear. And it's four hours later. They're now <laughs> sitting by on the beach with a fire. It's still playing the song. And all the other Kens are sitting there as well. So great. <laughs> And uh, they God. manipulate the Kens to fight against each other. There's like the army led by Ryan Gosling's Ken, and then there's the <laughs> army led by Simu Liu's Ken. And um, while they're too busy having a this big fight, and <laughs> in, in the next morning, not only does the Mattel people finally show up in Barbie Land, so they're there now. And I was like, oh God, what's going to happen with these guys now? But the but the Barbies just go and and vote to keep the Constitution the way it is. I thought it was great. Yeah, Star, what do you think? I I loved it. I thought their plan was super clever, and I also also thought it was funny because it's like all the Barbies are there, you know, signing to keep you know or like voting to keep the Constitution as it is, and then there's Alan. They're like, yeah, <laughs> and they're all <laughs> cheering together. There. <laughs> there's Alan. <laughs> <laughs> uh the the fight though against the both Ken I thought that was so funny. Like they're all like pretending to like hit each other and like throwing stuff at each other. I thought that was really and funny. They pulled their yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I thought it was funny. The, oh my god, I I died as soon as they they had the guitars out and I saw heard what they were playing, I was I lost it. I was like, no, they didn't. <laughs> I was like, no, they're not. And I think someone was like, shh. And I was like, you shut up. Like, you know, I was talking to my friend Sharon. I was like, this is the funniest thing ever. And then them manipulating them and then them fighting the fight stuff. I was just like, oh, this is the most cheesy and ridiculous thing, but I freaking love it. <laughs> the one they did the freaking opening their coat, like, oh, I was like, oh my God, no. <laughs> And then they realized we were supposed to have a vote today. 
But they're like, we're going to do this fight, but we have to go and vote. And they're like, yeah, we're voting today. And then they totally forgot about it. Because <laughs> yeah. they were too busy fighting. And it was epic. <laughs> yeah. And then when the Barbies have um, uh, restored order to Barbieland, they've also realized that there needs to be some changes in Barbieland, too. Mm-hmm. Because it's not necessarily right the way that they were treating the Kens before. Mm-hmm. And um, or the outcast dolls like Weird Barbie, and I thought that was an important point to make there too. It wasn't just like, oh, let's put it back to the way things were. It's let's learn from this mistake but, that mm-hmm. that we've made because it is a mistake. And like up until that point, I was like, I can see where some people are coming from on this. Like, this movie is about how men suck sometimes, but then it was like the women also learn no. We also sucked a little bit here too, yeah. and I thought that was very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. So um, Ryan Gosling's Ken is not taking this very well, though. He's very unhappy, and uh, so Margot Robbie's Barbie goes to talk to him, and uh, basically they both sort of acknowledge their failings in everything. Yeah, like she says, it didn't always have to be just girls' night. Mm-hmm. And um, he says um, that he has no identity or purpose without Barbie. And Barbie mm-hmm. encourages him to find out that maybe it's not just it's Barbie and Ken. Maybe it's Barbie and it's Ken. Go find out who you are. Which I thought mm-hmm. was a beautiful scene. I thought I loved that too. Just to tell him like you could be you like, and I could be me and we could be still be friends, but we got to find out who you are by yourself and who I am by myself. We're not a Barbie and Ken We're Barbie and Ken up by themselves separately. I yeah, love that. Where just, yeah. Where they didn't have to be like codependent on each other just to mm-hmm. exist or to find yep. like their personality or their meaning or purpose uh, yep. in their own life from other, from them, from other people, basically. I, I loved it. Oh yeah, was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I think it was yeah. Like um, I do was saying that I think it's important that it shows that just because like mm-hmm. we thought one way was the right way in our minds doesn't necessarily it was the correct way to do things in general. And so the fact that Barbara also apologizes to Ken and encourages mm-hmm. him to find out who he is without Barbie. I think that was super important. And also very proving that this movie is not like anti-men. Like yeah, no. Encouraging men to like, yeah. you can be yourself too. Like it's not just like for the women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is very much an anti-patriarchy movie. Exactly. It's also in, in, in kind of an anti-matriarchy movie. It shouldn't mm-hmm. just be all women in power and it shouldn't just be all men in power. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not an anti-men. This movie's not anti-men. And no, it's, it's not. not super woke in all these terms that are being thrown around. I just feel like it's got a good message. And yes, it's it's a message that's blatantly obvious. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it needs to be. Yep. So I thought that was great. Um, the We have that beautiful scene with Barbie and Ken. And then the Mattel people show up. <laughs> and... I'm like, oh God, what's going to happen now? Yeah, no, and no, then, me too. <laughs> and, then, and then Ruth also shows up. And we find out who Ruth is. 
Uh, she's Ruth Handler, the inventor of Barbie. She's not alive. She's the spirit of Ruth spirit. Handler. Mm-hmm. Um, and she talks to Barbie because Barbie's like, I don't know that I fit in here anymore. And Ruth explains to her that Barbie's story has never had a set ending. And that doesn't mean that her story has a set ending and um, her ever evolving like life and history. Like she's experienced all these thoughts and everything. Now she doesn't have to just be a Barbie anymore. And Barbie decides to become human. I thought this was a really touching scene, just Ruth and Barbie together having this conversation. Um, What did you think star? I agree. I felt her deep in my heart <laughs> um, because it's something that like you would want, you know, that kind of encouragement from your own mom to yourself. Mm-hmm. And just like being there to support you, like, you know, you do what whatever you want to do. I'm here to support you and do what makes you happy. Like, don't succumb to the pressures of society just because of what they say that you should and shouldn't do. Like, do what makes you happy. Do what feels right to you. And then, like, Barbara's kind of, like, taking all that in and uh, and being who she is and stuff like that. And you kind of see, like, the uh, another montage of, like, mom and the dog, and, like, playing and stuff and, like, having that kind of support that, like, like, that's love, you know? And not only love for, like, your daughter, but, like, love for yourself, too, that you're more than just a daughter or a mother. Like, you can be whatever you want to be. And seeing that play out, like, really made me cry. That's where it hit me. Mm-hmm. Then they, and then especially with, like, the whole, like, uh, being it paired with the Billie Eilish song. Mm-hmm. It, it was very uh, sentimental for me. And, Brandon, what did you think? Uh, I don't, you, you guys said it all. Like, it's... <laughs> I have nothing to add to that, but just like I ditto what you all say. But yeah, it was definitely very touching, and it's like you know, mother motherly things. I like to be you and go figure out your stuff, and, and it's not just one thing. Let's be encouraging. So yeah, like I really it resonated, and then I yeah, those montages got me too. Stuff <laughs> they got me too. And then we have the final scene of the movie. Barbie's in the real world. She's in the car with Sasha and Gloria and Gloria's husband, who for some reason in this movie only spoke Spanish. Was learning it. He's learning how to speak Spanish. Duolingo. Yeah, that made me think of it. I watched the movie with Dan. He's like, that's like you. That's like you. And I'm like, shut up. So, so. So Barbie is is now going by the name Barbara Handler, just like Ruth's daughter's name was. And uh, they are dropping her off somewhere, and you don't know where they're dropping her off to. And she goes into the building and find out that Barbie's there for her first gynecologist appointment. And I <laughs> I just think that's the perfect ending because it call it's a callback to earlier in the film mm-hmm. where she said, I don't have a vagina. Yeah. And now she does. And now she does. She's human. I thought it was and great. It, and it also shows girls like, because like I, w- I told you before, Adelia, we didn't have that growing up. We didn't yeah. get told about a gynecologist and what that was. And it was kind of, when we heard about it, we thought it was a scary thing and something like, oh no, I don't want to do that. But having Barbie seeing this and if like 
kids around that age see that we're like oh what's that opens conversations and i feel like a lot of women should be going at a younger age not because of just you know people think oh you're going to a gynecologist you're you're having sex like no that's not what that is for you know it's to check to make sure we're okay inside like I've had issues for a while and I didn't know about it because I didn't never went there because I thought the gynecologist was a scary thing. And going there, I've now seen that I had issues that I should have gone to get checked when I was younger. And it just like for Barbara to go there and be like, I'm here, you know, to see a gynecologist. And she's like happy about it because she now has the parts to go to that. And yeah, she's happy about it. Cause like you said, she, in the beginning, she told those guys that she didn't have a vagina at the at construction site. She did not have a vagina. Now she's a woman. She's exploring it. <laughs> so what did you think? Same with Brandy, what she was saying. I ditto. <laughs> um, but also kind of, you know, kind of showing the importance that like we need to, you know, as women, like regular see a gynecologist or like even get like, have smears done regularly because these things as the friend you mentioned like they're important like they're not things that are scary to do and that the fact that you know barbie goes in there with such poise and confidence i'm here to see my gynecologist like that's it's something that we need to be need to see and kind of just be reminded of the importance of going to see one and i thought that was kind of funny <laughs> yeah. oh and another thing about ruth that i just uh, remembered when she said that in her her speech at the end something about the mastectomy she was the the lady that got um created the prosthetics for people that had mastectomies for having breast cancer so she's a very kind of um, important person because she's the one that came up with those because she herself had breast cancer and had double mastectomy so she was the one that came up with the prosthetics for that so she's very big in barbie and other areas also all right, now to end this <laughs> review, we have someone here who would like to already, ask us a couple of questions. I already saw that. So, uh, <laughs> ladies, welcome, Justin. I just gotta kin this up, man. I gotta kin this up, you know what I'm saying? Woo! No, actually, I've been back behind stage because I was interested in what y'all are gonna say, but I actually think uh, it's important for a movie like this. Uh, to kind of get some of like uh, both sides. Now, when I say that, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that would be from, you know what? If uh, Danny's right over there, he can get his little beautiful self up in the picture right there next to you, uh, Peach. <laughs> Star. <laughs> Peach. Yeah, I went with Peach. I like Peach, man. Part of the Super Mario Brothers world. But like mm -hmm. if uh, he wanted to sit down next to you for a second, it'd be fine too. But no, nah, uh, and this can be like almost like a thing that we just clip out because I actually think uh, this kind of discussions and questions could be very important for a movie like this that has like the messaging that it has for like women out there. So what I would like to do is ask a couple of questions that would be from, say, a male's perspective, like, say, from my perspective, because I, obviously I didn't grow up playing with Barbies. Right. Uh, didn't have nothing against Barbies, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm a boy. I'm going to be playing G.I. Joe's Ninja Turtles and all that kind of stuff. So I don't have this like great love for Barbie. Uh not any kind of hate or didn't disagree with Barbie. I thought it was cool that girls, like I had a cousin that was a girl, like when I was a younger age that had all the Barbie stuff. Right. And I, I didn't even play, I've been played with her a couple of times whenever I was young, like uh, with the stuff with a little car. And like, she had like one Ken doll and he was always messed up. His leg was broke off and stuff like that for whatever reason, but that's just how it was. Right. So like weird Barbie. It, because, and 
I, and I'm a father, like I have a son. So like, obviously he's not big into Barbie. Right. So there's no real reason for me to be like super excited about this movie to like go and see this movie. And when I hear some things like me and Brandy actually had to discussion in the discord a couple of times about this film. Like I haven't seen the movie yet, obviously, uh, I heard some things about it and stuff like that. And then it was kind of like, oh, okay, this thing's a little preachy. I don't like any preachy movie, uh, even if it's stuff that I like love, uh, especially when it comes to like messaging. I, if I think it goes too hard into the paint, like way too much, like I don't like it, even if I agree with the message and stuff. So I'm just going to ask you girls a couple questions. Y'all can go through and answer them in any order, whatever you want to go. But I just think this would be uh, pretty important for uh, having both sides of this perspective out there as far as like, what do y'all think about a couple of things? So as me, uh, as a guy, like if Brandy was here, we talked about this. If Brandy was here, of course, I'd go see the movie. Like, I'm pretty sure uh, Danny would go see the movie with you, Star, as well. He did. Uh, yeah, exactly. He so, and pink with me, too. Right, exactly. So like I, I would do, you know, some of the same things if it was important to Brandy, for instance, because if people don't know me and Brandy are together, Danny and Star are together. That's why I was bringing that up. But um, yeah, I would definitely 100% go and see this movie with Brandy. No qualms about it, right? But because it's long distance, we're not uh, right next to each other. We can't go see the movie together. If it was on streaming, obviously I'd watch it with her or something like that over the internet. But with that being said, as a person that, as a guy that has no real motivation or real reason to go see this movie, what would you tell if you bump, what would you say to a guy that you bumped into? that really wouldn't have the motivation to uh, normally go and see this movie? Like, what would you tell them uh, to get them to go see the movie? I think it gives you a better understanding of what women not necessarily just want, which is like Barbie land, but what life is like in the real world for a woman and the differences between the two. I'm not saying that Barbie Land at the beginning of the movie is perfect because it's obviously not because they realize by the end of the movie that they've made mistakes in Barbie Land too with the way they've treated the, the Kens. But um, it's a very stark difference between the way Barbie is treated in Barbie Land at the beginning and then when she gets into the real world. And it sucks that the real world is the way that it is. And I don't think that a lot of men necessarily understand the way that it's like for a woman in the real world. So I think that the perspective of this person who's never experienced this stuff in the real world before coming in and dealing with like the construction workers, like I talked about, and the way they talk to her and the way she starts talking about how it's made her uncomfortable. She's never experienced mm -hmm. it before. Or a like, guy smacking her ass, you know? Or a guy smacking her ass, yeah. I think that's important, um, not just for for young girls to see, but also for men to see. Because I think a lot of men just, if they don't witness things like that, they don't think it's actually happening to women in this world. And mm -hmm. it is. What Star, do you, do you have anything ready? to add there? Yeah. Uh, kind of just to go off with, with what she said, um, I think, everyone should see it um, as men obviously inclusive because it's one thing to hear about the things that women go through but it's an another thing to actually see it happen and you also get a, a deeper understanding like why we are so passionate and so angry when it comes to these issues because it's happening way too much and it's because a point where being pressured to be a certain way and we can't all fit 
that silhouette of perfection and mm-hmm. um being and then being per- or i guess seen as one way and then like if you're not seen as that way like you get treated very poorly um and not just by men like by other girls too like you get bullied and things like that and it also it's you know it's important you know even like young boys who watch this you know so that way they learn to you know not to treat women this way um because then they're understanding more understanding of like what how it impacts us and how it makes us feel because when this obviously starts at a young age you know you'll see see it happen and we end up carrying it into adulthood and as like you see in the movie that like like the mom for example like she had all this stuff as a barbie she's still dealing with like all these issues that she had younger into her adult life having these thoughts and things of like not feeling good enough and the things that people say like really impacts us and goes along with us throughout life good what about you brandy well they said it all like it's especially the way we're treated and it will show you a little bit of the insight of how we feel no, 100%. Now, uh, I, I had a one question, but I got a follow-up question because I think Star brought up a very important point. We even talked about this a little bit in the Discord. Is that message that was read at the very end of the film that Adelia reread here, Brandy read mm-hmm. to me the other night. One of the first things that I thought of was like half of the stuff that's in that message shouldn't just be heard by men. And not just heard by women as the fact of like, this is important for you to stand up and like this and that. It's about the fact that you could take a lot of those things and a lot of women do those things to women as well. It's not just men doing those things to women. It's women doing those Mm -hmm. things to women. So I'd like to give each of you girls a chance to like uh, express your opinions. Like, what would you say to other women that actually do those things to women? Like, what would be a message that you would wish they would take from this movie or something like that uh, going forward? Well, a lot of this stuff is taught by other people and they just go and follow along. And it's just a lot of people are following, you know, and that's how they learn to treat people. And it's, I I say to women, uh, don't be a follower, be a leader, be your own person. Don't treat others, treat people how you yourself want to be treated simple as that to me i treat people how i want to be treated i'm i don't try to put other people down and there are women that do put people down and it's sad it's reality everybody does it so yeah like other people that treat people i would i would anybody i anybody i would want anybody to hear this monologue that america forever did because it is very important and i hope people hear it and really try to change their thoughts on a lot of things. You got anything to add, Star or Adelia? Yeah, I just don't know what Brandy said too. It's like the person you are today, it's like you want to make sure, like, you know, ask yourself, like, is this, is am I someone that my inner child would feel safe with? Mm-hmm. And if it's not, then don't treat other people like shit because if you treat other people that way, you're not treating yourself kindly either because then you're, being negative towards other, therefore it also impacts you because you're being even more negative to yourself. And that's not a way to live life. It really isn't. And like, why spread that kind of negativity when it's a lot easier to just be nice, to be kind. 
And it's not like you have to get along with everyone. Like, it's just a matter of being polite, being, you know, considerate of others. And mm -hmm. it's not just, you know, just to women, but to everyone, you know, all sexes and genders, every, just everyone in general. Yeah, kind. like going back to what Brandy just said, I mean, that's a rule for everybody. It's not, it's mm -hmm. not between women and men or men and women, that kind of thing. I mean, the, what she said really should just be the way everybody treats everybody, to be honest with you. Uh, but Adelia, yeah. did you have anything to add on that one? But well, I was I was gonna say as well. A lot of it's generational, mm -hmm. like it's passed down from generation to generation. Like this is how you treat people, and for some people, that's with respect and dignity, no matter who you are or what you are. But um, for others, it's like, well, if you're not exactly perfect and exactly skinny enough and exactly pretty enough and all of this, then then you get talked down to or or mm -hmm. mistreated by your mother or your grandmother. Or, you know, going back because they were mistreated by their mother or their grandmother. And it's it's been a generational thing that's sort of been passed down. And I think that it that's the same thing can happen with men. I think men treat women or other men based on the way that their father or grandfather does. And it's important, I think, to recognize that that women are going through the same thing. It's just a sometimes vastly different between the two genders. Mm -hmm. All good answers. So like one thing I, I would say is, is uh, the one thing I guess some people could be sort of afraid of uh, and whatnot is that, unfortunately, some women are going to go see this movie. And I actually like listening to you guys review. I thought it was real refreshing because like all three of y'all were like, hey, the women realize they made a mistake. Uh, we can't leave one thing and go to an extreme other one because it's just as bad. Uh, we need to be more in the middle and everything else. And it was like refreshing to hear all three of you women say that because obviously all three of you got your head on your shoulders. Well, that being said, me and Brandy, we're together. Like I said earlier, uh, Danny and stars together, which, you know, Danny's part of our team that does like editing and stuff behind the scenes and does like a show or two on our channel. So obviously you two girls specifically don't think all men are disgusting and rotten and terrible and all well, this really doesn't think any men are disgusting. I, I don't think so either, but I'm saying because <laughs> no, of the two no, examples no. that y'all actually like to spend time with guys, you know, specifically like in, uh, in a relationship. But Adelia is going to have I'm a chance. I'm says that is, though, I don't have spent time with the guys <laughs> for this channel either. Hey, <laughs> listen, like, well, okay, but here we go. Uh, yeah, all right. I was going to let Adelia answer the question, guys. I, I was just trying to bring up the fact that uh, I, I got a beautiful girlfriend in Brandy. That's what I was trying to really do, point that out. See, and you guys kind of like messing it up. But anyway, so let's get to the point of the question is, unfortunately, some women may go see this because they already had that notation in mind. We all know there are some out there that legitimately hate men, period. Like they think all men are disgusting. All men are, at least they think, say 90% of men they think are garbage. Maybe they think a few people are okay. But in most cases, all men are bad. Some people will walk out of this movie like, oh, yeah, yeah, like men suck. OK, I just want to mm -hmm. ask, what would y'all tell the women? Because like I said, it might be just a very small percentage, but there will be a few. What would y'all tell those women that actually think that way? Right. That took the message wrong in this movie. Right. That didn't see what you guys saw, that didn't really notice it as much or didn't read too much into it and took it like a little bit of a worse way. What would you tell those women if you were like next to them now? I mean, uh, there are some there are some women that have been seriously mistreated by every man they've ever had in a mm -hmm. prominent role in their life. So I understand why there's women out there that are like men suck. My cousin, 
is one of them. Mm-hmm. But she's mm-hmm. finally met a good one and and is happy now. Um, I I would say to those women, like, the, there are men out there that do suck. There are women out there that do suck. Like, it's not a, a gender, mm-hmm. one gender thing. Like, there, um, men can learn a lot from this movie, but women can learn a lot from this movie, too, about how to treat men. Because in the beginning, in Barbie Land, the Kens are just sort of there. They have their jobs, they have their roles, but, like, they don't have any real place in society. And, like, that's not the way to go with treating men, because if we want to be treated with dignity and respect, we have to treat men with dignity and respect, too. That's what I'd say. No, I think that's a great answer. Uh, Brandy or Star, did y'all want to add to that? I was basically going to say what <laughs> Adelia said, um, but also just to kind of add to what she said, it's just people suck in, in general. And mm-hmm. what this movie does, it just it makes it easier to understand that like there are women and men that both suck. And just to kind of make it easier for you to understand that there's this problem. And it's not just between men and women. It's the whole idea of patriarchy and this idea that exists in a lot of people that you're supposed to be superior, you're supposed to be better than everybody else. And obviously that's not very helpful in the progression of things, the progression of life. And to create change, you have to be the change. And if you're continuing the same pattern that past generations had, about you know these these ideas of like patriarchy and you're continuing with that. You're not going to change anything. You're not going to see a change, and you're going to still feel the way that you feel now. That and you're going to pass it along. Like yeah, men suck. You know, you're going to pass it along, and that's not really helpful to grow and to progress. You got anything to add, Brandy, or they cover it all? They pretty much cover it all. Yeah, that's people. Everybody, both all genders, everything, people suck. But hopefully, they see, they can come to see this movie and see, hey, mm-hmm. they can be changed. And hopefully, change for the better. All right. So, uh, there's two final questions. One of them, this next one can be a quick answer and you don't have to get too deep on it or anything else. Um, try to put yourself into a man's shoes on this one right here, if you can, the best you can. If you're a good guy, right? You don't treat women bad. You don't do any of these things. You don't benefit from anything from truly being a man. Like you're, you're not one of these CEOs, you know, that gets everything handed to them kind of deal, or you're not like a football player that's got millions of dollars, but you're just a genuine, like good dude, uh, never treated women bad, do all the things, respect women and all that kind of good stuff. If you were a man that was of that and you were to go and watch this movie, just walked in and saw the movie, what do you think? that the messaging was too much in this thing to where like maybe like some good guys would go in there and kind of feel beat up because, you know, unjustly because they think that, uh, you know, they're good. They obviously haven't done anything. They're not one of the piece of crap guys that's treated people bad. Uh, do you think they could, would go in this movie? Like if you were a guy and you walked in here and you were a good person and you saw this movie, do you think the messaging at some point was too heavy, uh, too much to where they could go out of the movie feeling kind of beat down unjustly? Go ahead. No, I don't think that at all. Because if you're that kind of guy, you're genuine and you are the way that you are, then you would understand Understand. where this movie is coming from and understand the concept and the idea and 
and you know like get further insight in the way that women are treated and you know men too and you're kind of and stepping into the movie and seeing it like this seeing portrayed like that um it's gonna make you want to you know keep your friends in check you know that maybe aren't as genuine as you are and you're gonna call them out on their shit um at least that's what i would hope that mm-hmm. these guys would do you know um and I wouldn't feel be Alan. Be, be like Alan. You would feel seen. Yeah, you would be Alan. You'd, be you would. Um, wow, Brandy just said for us to be all dorks. I've seen the guy. <laughs> Alan is not a dork. He looks like a dork. A, Alan is a good guy. And Alan helps out. And Alan doesn't want to see this. Be an Alan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the message would be be an Alan. All right. So. Uh, the final question I'd have for you guys, and like I said, I think it'd be kind of cool if we actually take this section of this video and maybe even make its own video, separate it from y'all's actual review. But because uh, I think this is kind of important and people may just want to watch this section. So my last question would be, is that in this film, you have the two opposites. Right. And I understand why they make the real world like super patriarchal, like because you want it to be totally opposite from the other so that you can show these both sides and everything else. So you have the real world. you got Barbie world the matriarchy, patriarchy, and all this stuff, right? In the end, the Barbies kind of win. Like y'all said, they get uh, a lot of their power back in the Barbie world. They decide to change some things, though, because they thought they were too harsh on the other side. So they decide to come more to the middle and everything else, you know. But in the end, Barbie decides to go to the real world, all right? She still decides she wants to go to the real world even though Barbie lands technically fixed and it's a lot better now. I want to hear your girls opinions on why do you think that Barbie decided to still go to this so-called unperfect nasty world in the end? Why did she make that decision? Well, for me, I think it was more about Barbie wanting to still feel the emotions that she was Mm -hmm. feeling as um, that she experienced with the thoughts of anxiety and the thoughts of mortality and, all of the things that, that was seeping into her from Gloria, um, she didn't want to lose out on that sort of like genuine feeling because before she didn't really have that. It was just everything was the way that it was and everything was perfect. And yeah, Barbie land was going to be better now and more equal between the Barbies and the Kens. But I don't know that she would be able to still experience those true genuine feelings if she had stayed. And I think that's why she left and went to the real world in the end. I feel she wanted to be somebody. She wanted to be her own person. She wanted to be somebody. Explore herself. And those feelings, yes, good or bad, she was finding herself. Got anything to add, Star? Are you just agreeing with the two girls here? I, uh, of course, completely agree with them. But I also think that, you know, with the idea of Barbie, it's to create change. And I think by her going into the real world with these, with this new reality of her having these emotions and wanting to find her purpose and stuff that she'll create change and kind of create a riptide of, you know, uh, with the rest of the girls or women and just everyone in the real world. Because it really isn't change unless someone decides to change something. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And the reason why I kind of wanted to come on here in the end, like I said, I had listened to y'all's whole review of the movie. I feel like I've even watched the movie now, to be honest with you. Y'all did a great job is 
Uh, the simple fact of like one of the biggest drawbacks is I think that this kind of communication, this kind of talk doesn't happen enough uh, where you have both sides asking questions, learning, doing all that things. One of the biggest drawbacks in the world today is non uh, the lack of communication, marriages, uh, friendships, family members, even like you lose all these people, you lose all these things and almost like it's an ungodly amount of percentages because of lack of the communication. Because if people would have just talked, would have been tried to be understanding. In a lot of cases, there's a lot of divorces that wouldn't happen in this world. There's a lot of friendships that you wouldn't lose in this world. There's a lot of family members that you feel estranged from or whatever that you wouldn't feel that way today uh, if, if that kind of thing was going on. And I'd also like to say is one of my biggest things to people that I see that are going through a bad time, going through a bad day, maybe even going through a bad week or even a month, hell, even a year. Right. You just had a terrible year. Bunch of bad shit happens to you. Never like people would just say time heal all wounds or to try to forget those things and, and move on and stuff like that. Not say totally opposite. I think that's a bad message to send to people. I think you should remember those times. You should feel that hurt. You should remember the things that cause you pain, because when you have that good day, you have that good time, you have that good week, maybe you have a good year, you appreciate it more. I think listening from you guys, uh, the conclusion that I would have is Barbie decided to go to a place that may not be perfect, but at least there she could feel things, right? She could feel the pain. She could feel the anguish uh, and all this stuff right here. But she also got to feel the opposite of that. She got to feel not just the hate, but she got to feel the love. She got to feel uh, the anger, but she also got to feel true happiness and everything else because of the fact that things wasn't perfect. And we just kind of beat ourselves up all the time. We always like, oh, man, this sucks or this is happening and this sucks. And then if we would actually remember those bad times when we're having in the good moments, right, like we'd be able to appreciate and we'd be able to be like, oh, man, this is actually truly great. Like, I truly love this day. I'm going to cherish this day. I'm going to take time and really just uh, dive into What the hell are you doing? Yeah, man. Like, yeah, so what the hell are you doing? I don't know what you're doing, Danny. Like, I should have the Barbie movie that you didn't even saw. Because I think it's a very important communication. And I just have questions uh -huh. because I want these, I wanted these, uh, you know, these beautiful ladies right here to be able to tell me, like, hey, look. Go see the movie. I think I you're don't have ambition to see the movie. I think I, mean, I think you I think you're being can right now. I think you're doing a little bit of man explaining. No, no he's he what? he hasn't seen the movie and he had this perception of it because he read he read things, but now he has the perception because he's got three women in his life that actually have seen I, the I movie and can tell. I think you know the scene when they're watching Godfather. That reminds me of Justin a lot. Oh my god! Wow, what happened in the Godfather scene? What are you talking about? Just them watching the movie, or you have to see it. Go, go watch, watch the, the movie, Justin. Why? Wow. Hey, the movie's making bank money, and not super long from now, we're all oh. going to be together. So we may even be able to go see this movie all together. Because it still may be in the movie theaters a couple months from now because it's making <laughs> bank money. They're not going to take it out of the theaters. I, I, don't think, money. I don't think it will. So. <laughs> no, I mean, look at Top Gun. And that thing stayed in the movie theaters for over half a year. Like This movie literally might still be shown in the theaters by the time we get together in a couple months. But with that being said, that was it, man. I just, uh, like I said, I really enjoyed you girls' review. I just had a couple of questions and wanted y'all to talk to the, uh, the aspect of like, 
a person like me that hadn't seen it yet that's a guy what would be my motivation to like go and spend the money to go see because it's fun the movie is not anti-man and all the men that i see complaining about this movie they they are they're the type of a guy that i'll say that has a very fragile masculinity to be very honest because i watched the movie and that didn't bother me as much. I, I wouldn't say that the movies hey be like Alan because Alan's kind of useless. He's he's a porter of women. It's not that yeah, like, I would say that Alan's more like the the outcasts. Yeah, I think Alan is. But there's only the, one the, Alan. That's why the outcast. There's only one of them. Yeah, but he yeah. kind of is one of the outcasts, like the weird. He's part. the only Alan. Alan. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't think the move, the point is are like all meant to be out. And no, it's, it's because it's because there's he a lot of men who are like Ken, okay, and they're they're all very like yeah, macho, patriarchy, yeah, and then you have From Alan who's like yeah, I don't like that. I, it shouldn't be like this, and he's trying to get away from that, obviously, and so he's there helping the Barbie. I think me and exactly. Danny can agree with this, though, is the reason why me and Danny probably wouldn't be an Allen is because, like, we're going to be respectful. We're going to do the things. But at sometimes, as a man, you got to stand up and fight. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't be doing the distraction. Allen did fight. Yeah. Did he fight, like, you know, slapping and stuff? I, I can't believe this. He fought. He fought. Did he whoop, did he I, I think that I, I saw a lot of move creators in Brazil like bashing them. Oh, he's anti-man. Like all the men stupid and stuff. And that's kind of the point of the movie. Uh, I wouldn't call the movie woke at all because that's actually that's that, that discussion is like a central point of the movie. That, that and I think if there are, and I think if there are people, especially men that are getting bugged by a fucking Barbie movie, like. They have definitely part of the problem. As a man, I think you have to go in there and be like, this movie ain't made for me. Maybe, though, I should see some of the messages in there. Maybe I can still go have fun and watch this movie. I'm not saying I, I, I don't think movie. that. I think any man can watch the bird movie just fine. <laughs> yes. no, but I saw, a, but I saw men when they're by themselves in my theater going to watch it. Yeah, but that's not what I'm saying, though. What I'm saying would be more aligned to the fact that, like, me and you, well, this ain't gonna well this is kind of work with me and brandy it's not gonna work with you and star for instance because me and you are super huge star wars fans there's a lot of women that don't give two craps about star wars right so the movie's technically not made for them but that doesn't mean that me and brandy can't go see the movie and brandy have a super great time with it that's so when no, i say it's not made for me when i'm saying it's not made for me it's not me saying that you shouldn't go see it or a man shouldn't go see it i'm saying when you go in there with that mentality like you're talking about where a guy yeah, exactly. She's wearing a Star Wars shirt, but I mean, that's just she doesn't really like it. She doesn't even know. She can't even name the characters on the shirt. But the point being is here, this is when, um, yeah, when you go and see a movie like this, you, you got to get in your head like, look, this. I can have some fun. It's going to have some jokes. I can laugh at it. It's uh, satirical a lot in a lot of cases and stuff like that. But like you got to realize, man, this movie's made for the message for women. So you're not going to understand or get or uh, every joke may not land with you as much as it would with women and stuff like that. But at the same time, yeah, obviously the movie is targeted towards women, but like it's, yeah. it's totally that's other. not a bad thing. I actually think it's great. There's a movie out there that's making big ass dollars that's actually made for women. 
like I actually really truthfully love that because I think Hollywood's been doing like a disservice to women in a lot of ways. This is like a movie made for women, for women. And like, look at all the women showing out and spending all kinds of money, dude. It's like they went and robbed banks how much money this movie's making right now. It's ridiculous how much money this movie's making in the box office. Go watch my box office report, by the way. But with that being said, is there's a reason I think for that. Because I think, like, you, I can't even remember the last kind of good, like, big movie that's came out that's even been like a romantic comedy, right? Like, to be honest with you, in the last couple of years. So I think the the whole community, like, uh, you know, especially like in our world and American stuff, has been starving for like content for women. And I think that Hollywood's went to this thing to where we're going to throw like uh, this woman in an action film, you know, and then like that movie Lucy or whatever just came out. Uh, there's been a couple of other movies that came out. that's like where you throw these women in what really most of the time would be like a guy's movie, you know, like action flicks or whatever. Like you think die hard and stuff like that. Whereas I actually think there should be more movies like this for women with women messaging, with women's stories to be told. Because those stories are just as important. We don't have to try to uh, make women like super spy thrillers. Like, let's make women like movies for women. I actually think that there's a big market for that. And I hope that Hollywood learns its lesson. Not every movie's got to be, oh, wait, well, okay, we're going to make an action film, but let's throw a woman as a lead. Nah, man, let's make a movie to put a woman in the lead that can tell a woman's story or, or tell something that women kind of like are attracted to or whatever so that they can have their films as well. I felt sorry for women in the movie theaters because even though you go to a movie and there's a woman in this big role, right? Like the main role, sometimes those movies don't feel like feminine. They don't feel like uh, a female style movie. So I felt sad for women because even though they're trying to do like more women into more roles, they're putting them in these specific things that I don't think sometimes women care as much about. You obviously see the outpouring of love for this movie. And women standing up and loving this movie, loving some, most of the messaging, uh, loving a lot of the stuff that's in it. And they're having a good time. Like hearing Adelia and Brandy talk about this movie in the Discord the other day and just listening to their happiness. Like I went to sleep better that night knowing that these two women right here was so excited about a film finally. Was so excited and wanted to talk about it, you know, and, and talk about all the little details and try to remember everything. Like that was cool, right? That was fun. That It was like them having to listen to me talk about Star Wars. You know, when me and Danny's talking about Star Wars, I got to hear them talk about those things. And to me, that's so important. And it's been kind of lost. Right. We just can't. We have to be better, but we have to be better in the stories that we tell as well and not just put people in a story. If you see what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you, Justin. Uh... Was that sarcasm? Is that why you're laughing? <laughs> No, but it's you know kind of what you're saying, Justin. Like it's just the other movies that you're talking about that don't do well. It's because like there isn't that real representation that we got with Barbie, and with Barbie, it's the kind of movie that was real, and mm -hmm. the things that we do with on a daily basis. No, yeah, I totally agree. It's like if they were like say if the roles were reversed and say like. They were trying to have men more representation and they were throwing men in like these certain style movies. I'm not going to back it up because I didn't care about the story because they're not telling like a, a guy's story. They're not involved in stuff like that. So I probably wouldn't care about it as much as all I'm saying. So like I, I just hope that this brings more and more 
uh, things that women can get excited about to the movie theaters, to the entertainment space as a whole. I hope so. I also hope Mattel learns a proper lesson from this and doesn't actually go through with the list of projects that came out the other day where they said they're going to make movies based on like Magic 8 Ball and Uno and all these properties of theirs now. Cause like, Hold on. What? no. Uno, I agree with you 100% on. But Star no. might get behind me with this. I know Brandy's not going to agree with this idea, but Star may get behind me on this. Star, listen to me. Magic 8 Ball. You, but it's not what you think it is. It's not a made for kids. It's not whatever. This is a horrific movie where the magic eight balls possessed by a demon, basically. And every time you shake it, instead of telling you like the stupid things that are normally in a magic eight ball, like yes, no, or whatever, like answers to random questions, you shake it. And whenever it shows what it's supposed to do, it's this horrible way you're going to die. So you may I don't think she's agree with that. I don't think she's agreeing with that. No, she <laughs> likes horror dying? things. Is that is that all that uh, you're getting? Just how you're dying? Uh, I don't know. It's like some horrific because, thing because that's, that's gonna happen. Okay, let's say that's the plot, right? Yeah. And then it's like, and how are you gonna show other people that that's what happens? How are they gonna understand this magic eight ball is how you die? So I'm there's thinking no maybe here. maybe there's a way to do it to where it's kind of like uh, the ring, you know, like the where they watch the movie, right? And then then set by seven days later they die or whatever. Like make it sort of something like that, like kind of creatively, where instead then, of watching the film, then you're stealing the rings plot. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, man, that happens all the time. Every movie you ever watch is stealing some kind of plot, man, dude. <laughs> all right, no. Justin, thank you for joining us. We're gonna wrap this up now. Uh, Brandy Star, thank you for being here for the review with me. I loved talking about this movie with you guys. Um. Anything you guys want to plug or anything like that? Go watch the Barbie movie. Yes, ditto what she said. Go watch the Barbie movie. Justin. Yeah, Justin, go yeah. watch it. No, and Ferris, you did a preview of it. <laughs> I will watch almost anything. The, the difference is, is like my excitement to run to the theaters may differentiate between kind of what kind of movie it is. But Take like I said, your child with right. you, Justin. Y'all were selling the movie really super good because, like, uh, if you take certain things that y'all said and put them in a box, and that's the only part that you hear, it sounds bad. But when you listen to the whole movie, when you listen to like how it progresses through the whole thing, then that little thing that you may have nitpicked about, right, that some people may pull out and say, "Oh, this is bad," isn't bad when you put it as a whole. It's like. Uh, you know, getting a pizza and then not having all the ingredients kind of thing. Like it's not as good, but then when you have everything mixed together, it makes it great. And that's what it sounded like whenever y'all are talking about the movie. So, yeah, I mean, it totally, I actually think uh, a lot of people should watch y'all's review of the movie. Cause I, like I said, it was really good, really detailed. And y'all really kind of went through the story and like changed, uh, pro probably could change some people's minds when they're uh, thinking about this. Cause all they see is a tweet where somebody tweets one part of this movie that may sound bad, but then if you put it as a whole, it's not as bad, right? It's a whole when you take the whole story into account, it's better. All right. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us. And until next time, we're out.